The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para-X, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Oh, hell no! Whatever! The following program contains opinions expressed by the Dead Zone. If you find this broadcast offensive, lighten up, candy ass. What? Oh my gosh. It's a radio show. Hell yeah! That's what I'm talking about. Power up request received. Initiating systems. Powering up transmitters. Welcome to the Dead Zone. Radio show. Thanks for tuning in. Tonight's guest is going to be East Coast Bigfoot researcher founder Daniel Binot. And we're going to have Michelle with the Paranormal News. And we're going to kick tonight off with, with two, actually. Let's do two from Pentogram. The first one is Southern Superstition. Check it out. <laughs> Are you in a band or Nova band that is currently unsigned and looking for airplay for free? We want to hear from you. One of the main goals of the show is to help promote up-and-coming bands and artists as well as our paranormal community. Getting your name out there can be tough, especially these days. Shoot us an email, deadzonebooking at gmail.com. If your music fits our genre, hard rock, 80s, 90s metal, and new metal, we want to help. <laughs> Hey! 
in the blood of everyone. This is Keith Age. And you're listening to The Dead Zone.
Paranormal News. Coast to Coast AM article, former director of National Intelligence hints at revelatory UFO report. Dated March 22nd, 2021, written by Tim Benal. In a recent interview with Fox News, former director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe shared insights on the UFO phenomenon and suggested that a forthcoming government report on the subject could contain significant revelations. His intriguing comments were made during a conversation with Maria Bartiromo this past Friday evening. Positing that the former Trump administration official saw the most intelligence that anyone has ever seen other than the president, the host noted that the government is required to issue a report on UFOs to the public later this year and asked Ratcliffe if such strange objects have been seen. Although he chuckled when Bartiromo initially broached the topic, the former DNI offered a serious response, saying that the government has lots of reports about what we call unidentified aerial phenomena. He went on to confirm that the government will be issuing a proverbial UFO report in a few months and claimed that he wanted to get this information out and declassified before I left office, but was unable to pull off such a feat. Frankly, there are a lot more sightings than have been made public, Ratcliffe said, explaining that these reports come from Navy or Air Force pilots or have been picked up by satellite imagery. These puzzling objects, he revealed, engage in actions that are difficult to explain, move in a manner seemingly impossible by current technology, and exceed the sound barrier without a sonic boom. Ratcliffe revealed that there are quite a few of those incidents on record and postulated that information on these cases is being gathered and will be put out in a way that the American people will see. As for what could be behind these inexplicable sightings, he indicated that when we see these things, we always look for a plausible explanation citing weather effects or potential foreign technology but conceded that there are instances where we don't have good explanations for what we have seen. Pressed by Bartiromo for more information on where these objects have been seen, Ratcliffe marveled that there have been sightings all over the world. Dismissing the notion that such reports come from a solitary witness, he clarified that usually we have multiple sensors that are picking up these things. Ultimately, the former DNI mused that I think it'll be healthy for as much of this information to get out there as possible so that the American people can see some of the things that we've been dealing with. Fortunately, we won't have to wait all that much longer to see what, if anything, gets revealed to the public as the government report on UFOs is set to be released on June 1st. So if you have any proof of UFOs, sorry about that. Any proof of UFOs, uh, whether you have pictures, videos, um, you have an, a, a story that you'd like to share, email me at michelle.deadzone at gmail.com. That's M I C H E L L E dot deadzone at gmail.com.
This is Sandy Johnson, and you're listening to The Dead Zone. Radio stations in town were palm trees. We'd be the one with the biggest coconuts. Now, here are the one, the only Dead Zone. All right, let's see if we can't get Daniel on the phone. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you speak up a little bit? Are, are okay. you on? Are you on? Awesome. Are you on speakerphone? Uh, no. I, I got my headset plugged in. Okay. All right. I, right. I can hear you, but but uh, the, Let's see. Let me the make sure my head's. I'm sorry, say that again. I, I can hear you, but the uh, the software's not picking you up very well. Okay, I don't know. I should have good signal here. Uh, I don't know. All right, it's it, it's it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We'll All work right. on it in pre-production or not? Yeah, post-production. Okay. Um. Anyway, um, Daniel, how's it going, my friend? Uh, it's going great. Uh been a long week. <laughs> been a long week. <laughs> so, so what you been up to? What's going on with the uh, uh, East Coast Bigfoot Research Organization? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that is my organization that I've established over 10 years ago. Uh, and uh, since then, since starting that organization, it's been very successful. Uh, I'll put it that way. Okay. Very productive. Okay, well, uh, elaborate on that. What's uh, one of the things that uh, you're most proud of as far as your team goes, that uh, the evidence you've come up with? Well, uh, first of all, let me back up. I, I did start off solo as I got into involved with the whole Bigfoot research. Right. And, uh, you know, as I got into the uh, Bigfoot research, you know, I started learning of others involved with the subject and, and I later went on to start reaching out to other people that I've become, you know, the, you know, the learn and know of, and you know, started slowly putting, you know, people together. I mean, for the longest time, it was just a couple of us, right? A um, couple locals, and then eventually it kind of expanded out where uh, other people started learning about uh, my research and my view on the subject, and so they shown interest and you know wanting to get involved and and basically start representing in their locations you know right uh, here along the east coast um and you know some of them have some of these people have had experiences and they love sharing their experiences with me and so you know and we started documenting taking notes of these things and um now for the longest time you know as far as evidence goes i mean i've over the years in the general area that i've uh put a lot of focus into uh, I've come across tracks um and my main focus was always wildlife um you know I grew up no, learning and knowing all about wildlife I started studying wildlife I've actually started to focus and study a lot harder when I got involved with Bigfoot only for the very fact that I stand on a very objective side of things um you know compared to a lot of others involved in the subject that are willing to accept almost anything that's yeah. presented. Yeah. Uh, I care more about the truth. So, you know, um, despite the findings and the tracks and and experiencing what we would call the unknown, I knew what I was hearing. Um, I had I had to keep that objective approach. Um, 
So now you say you knew what um, you were, you knew what you were so yeah, hearing. I mean, you say you knew what you were hearing. Are we referring to you knew what you were yeah, hearing in the woods, or, or what you were hearing from other people's stories? Yeah, um, and then well, as far as myself as well, as far as hearing uh, vocals and hearing uh, what we what we would refer or what I would refer to as the unknown, um, right. basically the vocalizations and uh, the tracks that did not belong to anything that it was considered known as far as the known species that the public uh, would commonly easily accept that um, but then again like I said compared to the unknown uh, referring to Sasquatch Bigfoot you right. know, um, yeah some of the things were found and were you know they stood apart and so you know started document uh, documenting some of these findings uh, through audio recordings to plaster castings and um, pictures you know uh, pictures are the are a great source of documenting videos you right. know I've, I have several field videos of what I discovered it you know in the field um, and it's and it's all public it can be viewed on YouTube so mm -hmm. uh, so yeah some of these are uh, some of the things I've come across so and it's been very fascinating very rewarding it's exciting uh, no matter how many times you might come across a track I mean it's, yeah. it's exciting it's a, yeah it's a, it's a rush yeah I get you know, it especially yeah. if you could determine how fresh that track was so <laughs> right so absolutely right okay so back to the original so, back to the original question what is the one thing that stands out in your mind as your most I'll say your go to this is my proof this is why I know this is real right here this is the uh, one well I mean honestly um, as far as something I found that's the most incredible uh, you know I have to I would have to say the bipedal humanoid foot tracks oh um, okay I mean as far as the location yes yeah, as, as far as the locations where these tracks are found very deep in the woods right I mean, one would have to ask, is there a person doing this? Is there, I mean, you're out in dangerous terrain and you're deep in the woods, um, especially anyone that's familiar, like for example, right here in Virginia, mm -hmm. the George Washington National Forest. Right. I mean, we're in the mountains out here. Uh, we have right. the mountains and, you know, there's a lot of rock ledges and, you know, so forth. And you're coming across these tracks and you're finding these tracks. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, like somebody like me, you want to remain objective, but there's a big side of you that you cannot deny. Like, okay, unless there is a wild person out here, yeah. Well, well, Bigfoot, we could. <laughs> yeah. Bigfoot's considered a wild man of the forest. So, right. Right. So we know there's a wild person out here. You know, a wild being of some sort. You know. So. Right. So yeah, these are very fascinating. Um, science, according to science, science is very objective on these, because of course, like I was mentioning earlier. They can be uh, a foot track, you know, a bigfoot, alleged bigfoot track could easily be hoax. Oh yeah, which absolutely. I mean, I've witnessed hoax tracks before, you know. So right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I again, yeah, as far as the most incredible piece of evidence um, that I have personally come across are tracks, and right. 
deep remote locations. Right. So you wouldn't say that you wouldn't yeah, say there absolutely. was you wouldn't say that there was one individual. It's more more that more along the lines of this the scenario the idea of finding large bipedal tracks is 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 what you're saying, right? Yes. Okay. So you're in you so you're in Virginia. Yeah, you guys are in Virginia. So you're out you're up there with my boys uh, from the Ames team, right? Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, the Ames team. Yeah, mountain monsters. Oh no! As far as yeah, as far as the <laughs> yeah the mountain monsters, yeah they're yeah <laughs> uh, they're in uh, they're out of West Virginia. West Virginia. I, mean, yeah. I am in the western part of Virginia. Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I'm in the Shenandoah Valley. Um, but you know, my research area is not far from the West Virginia line. Right. Uh, but yeah, I had no association with the Ames team. Uh, right now, <laughs> so um, um, yeah, so that's a I don't know my take on that. It's a little different here. So. <laughs> right, right, so, yeah. They're they're they're, um, they're friends friends of ours. Yeah, yeah, they're good guys. But yeah, they do cross borders too. Yeah, I they, mean, uh, no, I got a yeah, ahead. I got a friend of mine uh, who lives out in the state of Illinois, uh, which actually I did some filming with him not long ago. Um, he considers himself like a, basically like the sister team to the Ames. I mean, oh. The way he has his, his team put together. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he's a young guy, but he's uh, very well put together and organized, and uh, he knows his history on cryptids and mm-hmm. uh, very well uh, familiar with nature. And uh, but yeah, now, what, I, I was actually uh, glad to do some uh, exploring and research with him. And, what would, we filmed uh, one of our latest documentaries out there. So what was yeah. his team's name? I might know him. Oh yeah, uh, it's the Southern Illinois Monster Hunters. Uh, mm-hmm. well, the the main uh, founder of that is his name is Zach Sterick. So I know that yeah, name. Yeah, they go by S I M H. Yeah, I know that name. I, I I don't know the team, but I do know that. Okay. Name. Right. Well, cool. That's awesome. That's very cool. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, he's actually a, uh, is a great individual to actually talk with. Uh, you would actually be very fascinated by his words. I mean, he's he's like a cryptozoology encyclopedia. You know, yeah. he tell you, especially any kind of history of legends or reports in his area. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's one to talk to about the state of Illinois. So <laughs> right. So right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. <clears throat> So, what do you have Absolutely. coming? What What do you have? Uh, I, I I know that you've been doing uh, recently. You've been doing some conventions and some meet and greets and, and that kind of thing. And I think you did say you had one uh, tomorrow, don't you? Yeah. Uh, well, tomorrow we're uh, actually um, me and my one of my research partners, also known as my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We actually have a we yeah we have an investigation that we're going to take. Uh, check out um yeah we actually have uh this location that we're going to actually has a history of uh sightings in this one particular area um there's been multiple eyewitnesses in this location um they've actually sent me pictures of tracks they found on site um yeah you know the, the couple of pictures of the tracks you could make them out to a certain extent you know yeah. through the pictures i mean pictures i will say this even on my own pictures don't always do justice when it comes right. to right. taking pictures of alleged tracks even with wildlife sometimes what you see in person 
right doesn't do justice compared to i mean or, or the other way around you know as far as pictures versus yeah. in person so right but um that goes with anything yeah so i've yeah. been gathering a lot of information on this uh exactly yes so yeah um i've been taking notes of everything they've been reporting to me and we finally made it a point to set a date and go down there uh we're gonna spend all day uh tomorrow and and go uh, you know camp overnight on the property um because you know they tell me you know everything they hear at night um you know anywhere from various screams the howls and uh you can hear what they claim the uh bipedal movement right in the area right um, so yeah i just yeah we just got to check this out for ourselves you know right. uh, they gave me an address i was able to kind of look up the area uh you know via, um, via you know through the satellite maps and kind of get a, a general idea of the location uh you know what the layout of the land looks and it's very interesting there is a lot of woods around there but there's also some um uh, what i've noticed to be like open flat farmlands around there so right um yeah i'll be curious to see what we might come across uh right. tomorrow so oh, absolutely keep us updated I'm now sure. you um you, you mentioned as far as the events yes we actually uh been hard at work planning and organizing upcoming events now I host um, two events here in Virginia every year. Yeah. Uh, the one we have every June is our annual Virginia Bigfoot Con. Right. Um, that, that's coming up June 18th in Stanton, Virginia at the Hall of the Inn and Conference Center. Oh, awesome. Uh, we're very excited and pumped about that. Uh, yeah, we got a great lineup of speakers, um, most of them around the surrounding states here on the East Coast. And then we have Mr. Todd Neese coming all the way out from the state of Oregon. Oh, awesome. Uh, um, so yeah, we're excited to have him with us as well. Yeah, retired military, you know, uh, fairly recent retired military. Right. Um, and actually, he's had a, a a sighting himself. I've actually had the opportunity to interview him some years ago on one of my old podcasts. Um, yeah. So yeah, we got a great lineup of speakers, and oh yeah, we're gonna have some amazing vendors, uh, book authors on site and uh, some other fellow podcasters that will be set up there. Um, oh, yeah, one other thing, too. As far as this event goes, if Bigfoot does not attract people, we have the Autobots from the Transformers that will be with us. <laughs> okay. Live in action. And we're talking about these guys will be able Yes, they're like seven to eight feet tall. Right. Walking around, doing their <laughs> thing. So that's been getting a lot of attention. So, yeah, we're kind of excited to see these guys show up oh, at a yeah. Bigfoot convention, you know? So Yeah. So yeah, oh yeah, of course Bigfoot's gonna be there. We're we're gonna have a couple Bigfoots roaming around. So yeah, oh, yeah, don't worry about that. We will have Bigfoot with us. So okay, but, yeah. I know if you might be interested uh... in checking that out. They can go to the website. It's yeah, vabigfootcon.com. So, yeah, you might you might want to yeah. reach out to one of our um, buddies. And then yeah. of course in October we have our. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's that? Uh, you might want to reach out to one of our buddies, uh, Bodine okay, the Bigfoot. Yeah, he, uh, he likes to do conventions. Oh, Bodie the Bigfoot! Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, yeah, I kind of followed them there. They're very, yeah, very uh, entertaining. That's for sure. Great so. guys. <laughs> great guys. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. Though. Um. Yeah. Oh no, no, you're totally fine. Uh, you're totally fine. Then our other event that we host in Virginia is, uh, happens in October, which is our Virginia Squatch Festival. Um, oh, that's now cool. that's very uh, that's very similar to our, our June event. However, we have a lot more entertainment uh, as far as for 
you know, young children, uh, more food trucks and of various sorts and tons of vendors. And we do have guest speakers at that event. Right. However, I usually try to keep the, um, the speakers, a small amount of speakers for that event. Cause you know, there's more activities outside uh, of the venue where everybody likes to participate in. Oh you know, yeah. Have, yeah. We have contests yeah. and everything for the kids, even adults if they want to join in. So right. absolutely. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, we're very excited about these events coming up. Uh, uh, yeah, I myself, um, I've been very busy. Uh, I'm attending more events this year that I'm actually speaking at. Well, oh, uh, now that COVID's kind of letting up, yeah. You know, as far as my girlfriend Jessica, she. Yes, absolutely. That's uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad that that's out of the way. It, yeah, well, it's, working its way out. COVID has been a major roadblock for a lot of oh, people. Oh yeah, for a lot of us, yeah. And it's yeah, it's a it's a big relief that we. Yeah, we could all get back involved with what we like. Right. So, um, so yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, we just got back about a couple weeks ago from North Carolina, the the uh, Bigfoot Festival that takes place in Marion, in North Carolina. That right. was huge. That was my first time attending that event. And right. yeah, I'm I was blown away by how huge it was. Uh, we had a torrential downpour there for a little while, <laughs> but that did not stop the crowds. No, nope. so, you know, nope. rain yeah, or shine, it did yeah. not. We've had. Well, my girlfriend's vendor booth there, yeah. We had people uh, taking shelter and hanging out with us, you know. And I mean, <laughs> that's so all right. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But, um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but yeah, overall, that was a fun event. And I had the, yeah, I had the honors of speaking there as, uh, myself. So, um, oh, cause they cool. had a Friday, uh, the, yeah, the, the, the event took place on Saturday, but they had an educational expo that took place on Friday. So that was a nice turnout. Right. I was actually surprised the amount of people that turned out for a Friday evening, you know, I mean, it started at, you know, three o'clock. So, and uh, yeah, there was a good turnout there. And uh, of course, a few more stragglers came in there as the hours were going by, cause you know, people were just getting off of work and whatnot. So, right. but, but that was a, a very fun experience. I'll say that much. So. Right. That's another thing too. Talking about um, um, all the events um, that, um, that that everything seems to take place around the same. I'm going to say three to four month period. Right. Everyone wants to get everything in at the same time, so you can you pick have to pick and choose to which event you want to attend or or um, be a part of. And you know like, why why. Does it just have to be in the hottest months of the, of the right. year? You know, why, you know, drag it out a little bit. You know what I mean? But everyone wants to do everything right, at right. the same time. Exactly. It's just crazy. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, it's just, you know, we've been holding our event, you know, for going on four years now. Yeah. And just this past June at our last event, two weeks prior to our event, right over next door in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was kind of shocked. It's like the West Virginia Bigfoot Festival that started up. Yep. They, decided, they decided to put their festival on two weeks prior. And, they, and the thing is, their date was set on the same day as mine. Right. I was like, I got people that like to come over, you know, come from wherever. I mean, I got people that come from several different states all the way. I've had people from Florida, Texas. I mean, they come from all over. But, you know, so imagine the local, the closer bordering states Oh, yeah. They learn about your event. They're like, "Yeah, that's not that far. Let's go." You know. Yeah. And then so yeah, it puts people in that in a pickle. It's like, man, you know, yeah. You can only afford to do one or two things, right? You can choose. Right, right. 
I mean, back when when yeah, uh, when so, we when we went to the Mossman so, Festival with uh, the Ames Boys so there, yeah, they, uh, we shut the place down we, twice. I mean, Point Pleasant ran out of money. The ATMs machines were out. You know, it, it's crazy. Wow, <laughs> it's for real. Yeah, and wow. Now, with with what's been happening now, you, you can't. There's just so much going on. You don't know what way to turn. You know what I mean? Anyway. Right. Absolutely. Anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my the thing is, I you know, it, I like to point uh, or compare mine to other events. Uh, one, we're still. I like to consider us still new as far as what we've been doing. Right. Um, but we, every year we add something a little bit. A newer, fresher, and right. and we try to um, we try to keep it affordable. I'll say that right. compared to some of these other events. Right. Well, what a, for vendors. Yeah. Too, what? Yeah. What I was talking I know what about it costs was to attend a lot of these other events. Yeah. What I was talking about was uh, in the past when we've done the Mothman Festival there. I mean, yeah, that was really cool. I mean, it was great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you don't mind me asking, where are you guys located out of? We're, we are. We're out of uh, Indiana, central Indiana. Actually, right here in Clay City in an old strip pit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're like, ah, uh, we're okay. like, a, yeah, like, we're like yeah, three hours from Kentucky. I know. All... What's that? We're about three hours from Kentucky, from Louisville, Kentucky, or about three hours from Ohio. And Illinois, your buddy, over in Illinois, we're like, okay. in, we're okay. like, we're like two so hours. Yeah, across I, dro I drove through uh, two hours. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, we did drive through um, uh, Indi uh, Indiana, a, a good part of Indiana on the southern strip along Route 64. Um, yeah, because we yeah, we went through yeah, well, I think we, yeah we went through a part of Kentucky. <clears> then yeah, we went through uh, Kentucky, Indiana. Then we made it into Illinois. Uh, right. We, or headed out that way, so it was a nice drive, very beautiful drive. So, yeah, um, yeah, really enjoyed that. So, um, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, these events are very tiring, exhausting. Oh yeah, a lot of fun and worth yeah. it. Right? Right. Yeah, like I said, you got to consider dates at times. <clears throat> yep. um, you know, so yeah, we we try we try to plan stuff. You know, to where, you know, as far as the dates that we do in June, um, it's. We like to keep it towards the end of the month, but I've always tried to do it around the 24th, 25th, whatever weekend falls around that time. So, but again, since the West Virginia Museum Festival started up, yeah, it's like, I don't want to, you know, I split off and it's like, okay, we're going to do it the week before because, you know, give the people that know about now, now they might know about both events. They want to attend both. It works out for them, you know, so, right. <laughs> you know, um, um, so yeah, it's uh, you know, as far as the planning, you know, for those who do run and organize these kind of events, they know uh, how much work goes into them. So right. I mean, and I've always organized and I have done these pretty much on my own. So, um, but you know, I do have help now, which is awesome. So um, we've been able to pick up sponsors uh, a lot more now, which is big time help a uh, big time help right um yeah trying to find out how you're going to be able to afford for these venues you know <laughs> so right 
That's um, a big issue right you there. Know, yes, we do charge like for the for the June event. It's free for people to come shop and browse the vendors. Right. You know, and you know, participate and enjoy the entertainment there. Uh, we do charge a mission for those who want to sit in on the speakers because it allows right. them also a meet and greet and right. you know much more. Well, you know um, what? It's, it's you know what? I, mission fee. Um, what we, I, we don't get ridiculous on stuff. But. What I think a lot of people don't understand is, you know, these, you know, these people don't show up at your events for free. You have to pay them to be there. And evidently, a lot of people don't understand that, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, that yes, that and the you know the cost of the venues are not cheap either. If right. you want to have it at a decent place. Yeah, that's a very that's very pricey too. So right, <laughs> you know, right, right. But um, yeah, I mean, we've tried a couple different venues out before. We're trying to find out what's more space and what's more affordable, what benefits us right. more. You know, um, so people could come and enjoy them the way they like to. You know, right. Uh, well, so every time that yeah, every, every time I, I um, mean, like the venue that we're having now, um, I'm excited about. It. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. You were talking. I, I stepped on you again. Oh, go no, ahead. I'm sorry. No, you were saying something. You were. were... Oh, um, the, oh, the yeah, times. You're fine. The uh, times. The times we were uh, at the Mothman Festival. I mean, that was like just an open air, outdoor, main street. You know, everyone was set up all along down the roads with their pop ups and all this kind of thing. Uh, like we were, we were under the big tent and a big tarp up and all that kind of thing. And oh my God, it was so hot. You know what I mean? It just the heat was was insane. Oh yeah, and that's another reason. You know why can't why right. why does Absolutely. it have to be why why does everything have to be in a, a, a period of four months when it's the worst time of year? You know, but what can you do, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, anyway, um, we're gonna yeah, wrap. We're it's gonna. Like, I mean, our June event this year here. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I'm so, yeah. I'm just gonna say our June event this year will be held indoors. It's it's at you know like I said it's at the Holiday Inn and Conference Center. There you It'll go. There you go. Yeah. Very comfortable AC. So our food trucks will be set up outside. But yeah. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. So yeah. yeah oh, we're looking yeah. forward to this. So yeah, we we encourage your people to come check it check us out. Right. And, They'll enjoy it. I promise that. <laughs> okay. Well, one more question I'm going to ask before we're going to run Absolutely. out of time here. One more question so, um, I'm going to ask. We're going to run out of time here. Is I'm sorry for this eight this eight second delay always gets me. I always wind up stepping on someone, and I apologize for that. But um, oh, what, totally understandable. What uh, what do you, what equipment do you use? Well, to be honest with you, I do have some equipment. I do have a thermal flur. It's a TK Scout. Right. It works great. Right. Um, and I do have a really strong night vision binocular. Right. Um, I also like to use a simple uh, digital audio recorder. Right. Um, to set out for recording audio if it may occur. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I do have a small um, parabolic microphone. Um, now I'll tell you these parabolic microphones you can find them on Amazon they're usually anywhere from 30 to 40 bucks right, right. Um, they're actually labeled as a toy yeah or or in some cases they're considered a, you know just for bird watching and all that 
But I'm going to tell you, they work great. They say they have a 300-foot range, but if you're hearing a vocalization that's loud enough, you'll hear, you'll pick up vocals from a, a lot further away. Right. So, and some of these devices, they do have recording capabilities, which they, that's awesome. Right. Um, so yeah, thermal, uh, thermal imager uh, for a TK Scout is very affordable for anybody that's on a tight budget. Yes, they're about five hundred bucks, but I love them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's much more powerful ones out there. If you have the money to get a better, stronger one, go for it. Oh, if, yeah. you're, if you're willing to take that, you know, pay yeah. that money out. You yeah, know? You're going to put that investment into but, it. Um, yeah. yeah I'll tell you what, the best tools I have is my eyes. And yes. Uh, yeah, the best tools I have are my eyes, ears, and you know, your basic senses. Because when you're involved with the unknown, and you, you know, when you get involved, you're out in nature, and you never know what to expect. So right. it's best to always be fully alert and search your surroundings and you know because uh, you never know what's out there you could be stomping on evidence yeah. you know, you just take the time and right. look you know yeah because i've spoken to a lot of hunters hikers and i've presented myself on who i am and what i do and a lot of us like well i'm in the woods all the time i never see nothing you're not looking you're not looking for it right all. right <laughs> you know it's yeah. simple you gotta open you gotta your be, eyes yeah exactly don't you ever use a... The evidence is out there. I will guarantee you that. Don't you ever use a night vision camera, uh, you know, a standard SLS or something like that? Or SLR, I'm sorry, SLR camera? Uh, well, my night vision, yeah. Uh, I do have camcorders and uh, stuff like that, but they're not infrared. Um, well, as far as trail cameras, yes, I'll, I'll set up trail cameras in various areas. I haven't done this in a while. Uh, I've been kicking myself in the butt for not getting on it again, but... Right. Um, but yeah, as far as the only kind of infrared cameras I have are my trail cameras, and uh, and and one thing, if anyone wants to start using night, I um, mean, you know, infrared cameras like trail cameras, game cameras. Yeah. If you take your time to study the device before you buy it, try to find the ones that produce an invisible flash. Yeah. There's cameras out there that will not use infrared because a lot of people claim that oh the wild I know the wildlife sees it because I've seen them. Um, you know, we can see it if we're walking through a trail camera. We see the infrared go out. Right. But there is a newer technology, and it's not expensive. There is one out there. I mean, like, um, I can't think of the name brands right off the top of my head. But, yeah, if you do your research on your devices, you'll find some very, you know, within budget and very good devices. I'm, right. You know, when I say within budget, I'm talking like 100, 100 to 130 bucks. Yeah, that's not Some bad. cameras go way up there in prices. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the yeah. budget's better. Yeah, I always recommend people <laughs> yeah. do your research on what you get uh, or what you plan on getting anyway. So, yeah, right. absolutely. But um, maybe later down the road, I may invest in a infrared camcorder. Uh, you could get – they do sell them. Some of them are – got to be careful. Some of them are very cheap and low-grade ones. Um, yeah, we have two. Again, that's we have two it. or three. If you to spend the money, they do have them out there. Yeah. I mean, we have oh. two or three that we use oh, okay. for our investigation. Now, yeah. I know also they... Right. I know, I do know that there is some out there... Well, well, you could buy the infrared lights that you could attach to your, like, tripod or something, too. Mm -hmm. I've considered trying that. I don't know how well they work, but, um, you know, I'd be willing to do that for just, like, night investigations. Basically, if you plan on just kind of... You know, I don't know. They probably only have about a, maybe a twenty foot range. I don't know. So, uh, well, are you talking battery powered? Are you talking? Past, are you I've never really? Are you looked. talking batteries or electricity? 
I, I know they are there there are some floor uh, models probably well probably the battery one recharge you know something batteries were rechargeable yeah as far as using out in the woods so right uh, well um, yeah well like I'm we do sure, like you know my camcorder is a rechargeable device well when we we have on occasion like we have went to uh several bridges covered bridges and that kind of thing for investigations when there's obviously no power but we take uh, a car jumper charged that has the uh, auxiliary power to it and use that as a power source to run our oh. electronic equipment. And that works well. So you might want to okay. think about uh, that sometime. You know? that's, yeah, that's interesting. A car battery jumper. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, well, I have actually used them before. I mean, not belonging to me. Um, mm -hmm. On other investigations, I've been with others. Yeah, they're... Yes, absolutely. They are very... Uh, beneficial they definitely come in handy <laughs> right and what I was gonna say is what I was gonna say is they do have floor model yeah. floor model uh, infrared lights only right that uh, suppose I've never I've never used one before what? supposedly they are you know you have to plug them into that yeah, I'm sorry could you repeat the last part they do have uh, floor model IR lights that you know supposedly light up the entire room if you have, you know, if your camera is IR has IR capabilities, right? I've never used one, but they do have those, right. and that should work in the woods, especially in, in really dark woods. So I don't know why it wouldn't. Like you said, though, the, okay. the, like you said, the, the depth, yeah, uh, range, though, who knows? Yeah. Now that is one thing that, uh, as far as my. Not my, uh, yeah, my night vision monocular that I have. Yeah. Um, uh, back when I first got it, I kind of wish I studied a little bit better on it uh, because it does have recording capabilities. However, yeah, my particular device has an output, uh, recording out uh, output where you would have to hook like a mini DVR up to it. Oh yeah. Uh, which yeah. I never pursued getting, but I, I kind of yeah, I kind of wish I had picked up the one that just takes the SD card. It'll be yeah. easier to right you know record that way but but <clears throat> this particular night vision device it's the iGen 2020 yeah uh, I love it as far as the, the quality you, uh, you could use it with like three different settings basically basic infrared and then max infrared right or if there's enough natural light at night you could turn the infrared completely off and it uses the technology uses basically draws in the light into the you know device and yeah like it like it like it's supposed to work you came during the daytime with this thing right like like yeah like it really does work it actually yeah i get you i get it but yeah well daniel oh, yeah, man absolutely man we're so, running we're, we're out of yeah, time um, yeah <laughs> we're out of time buddy i i i'm sorry about it. we could talk forever but i want to thank you for coming on and tell okay. everyone tell everyone where they can work where they can uh, find information for your upcoming events and everything that could go to your website um, your Facebook uh, yes. page absolutely absolutely thank you um, yeah I mean you can go to www.vabigfootcon.com is the main website for our June event also we have information on there regarding our October event um, our June 18th event's happening very soon here. We're, it's right around the corner at the Holiday Inn and Conference Center in Stanton, Virginia. There you right go. Right off of Interstate 81. Um, you're going to want to be there. So it, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm not hard to find. 
Um, you want to know more about me, you can check out my bio at ecbrofounder.com. There you go. So, and yeah, I'm all over the place. I post and share publicly. So thank you guys very much for having me on. Well, thank you for being on, and we hope you'll come back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would love to. All right, man. Well, have a good night. You too. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Daniel. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. They crawl all over your dirty snout, your chest. My name is David Walton. I am a vocal performer for What Are You Afraid Of? Horror and Paranormal Show. And I have carried the burden of a terrible secret. I am actually what is offensively called a ghost. For years now, I have concealed my ectoplasmic existence from my friends and family in fear of a common prejudice against ghosts, or what we like to call the disembodied. I have existed frightened of being discovered, unable to do physical acts that the embodied take for granted, such as walking a squirrel, or drinking a glass of vitamin E milk fresh squeezed from a whale. I grew depressed and even considered acts of self-harm or reincarnation, which is suicide for the disembodied. Such movies as Ghostbusters and its sequels drove my feelings of disenfranchisement and I began looking for help, only to encounter painful exorcisms in the houses I haunted. Then, I met two good people, it says here, Fox and Phil, at What Are You Afraid Of? Horror and Paranormal. And they helped me take control of my own life. Now, it is my choice whether I wish to make phantom bangs in the night, appear at the foot of your bed in darkness, or make your walls bleed. If you are a disembodied person like I am, and you're living a lie, what are you afraid of can help you too. They are on at 9pm on Friday nights at Para-X Radio, leaving plenty of time for midnight haunting activities, and can be found on all major podcast services. Listen to their paranormal stories, interviews, humorous sketches and horror fiction, to know that you are not alone. And if you are a member of the Embodied, don't forget, you are only a single heart attack or tumour away from becoming one of us. This is David Walton. See you on the other side. Or as I call it, this side. And that is the end of a perfect day. Your source for everything paranormal. Para S. Are you in a band or know of a band that is currently unsigned and looking for airplay for free? We want to hear from you. One of the main goals of the show is to help promote up-and-coming bands and artists as well as our paranormal community. Getting your name out there can be tough, especially these days. Shoot us an email, deadzonebooking at gmail.com, if your music fits our genre. 
hard rock, 80s, 90s metal, and new metal. We want to help.
If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. This is the Dead Zone Paranormal Radio Show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.